Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to No Need to Argue with Kobe Wittick. I am so excited right now because the NFL season has begun. It is September 7th, Friday. All is well in the world right now. We had our first NFL season game last night, which was absolutely awesome to have finally come. And what a boring disaster of a game that was. Oh my goodness. But we'll definitely get into that a little bit more today. Um, Definitely glad to be here. Um, We're going to kind of touch on last week's first um, college football weekend and how kind of the games played out there. Some of the big, uh, you know, rivalries and definitely some of the uh, primetime games that we got to enjoy through Labor Day weekend. Uh, We'll definitely touch base on the BMW Championship going on with the FedEx Cup standings. Tiger Woods off to a hot start, slowed down a little bit today, but um, definitely trying to get inside that top 30. And then we will get into the first week of the NFL season underway. Um, And I will be giving you my one major upset for the week. Um, So I'll be giving you that, uh, my upset pick of the week. And we'll be going through, uh, you know, some of the major debuts of the rookies and, and, uh, you know, people that we have starting this week. So it's definitely going to be an exciting weekend to hang out, watch some football, spend time with some family, and uh, and get this thing underway. So <clears throat> getting us all kicked off here, last week we had college football start out. I was very excited. My Michigan Wolverines got to play, uh, you know, primetime on Saturday night against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and my wife and her entire family are very, very big Notre Dame fans. So that was a fun day of build up for my wife and I. I was very excited. I thought the Wolverines were highly underrated this year. I thought Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, with the years that he has under his belt and bringing in kind of the guys that he wanted, uh, you know, Shea Patterson transferring in, everything that, you know, was kind of building up for the Michigan Wolverines this year. And basically, they pretty much fell flat uh, besides a terrific special teams play um by Ambry Thomas and so you know it was it was kind of frustrating watching the game it was very unfortunate that all kind of the big marquee matchups that they had this weekend to start the uh season you know were kind of butt whoopings I mean it was a little ridiculous that you know they had all of these top 25 matchups and big marquee games and just about every single one was you know, a butt whooping. And so it was kind of, you know, anticlimactic and, you know, it was something that was kind of frustrating to watch and you almost got bored with the games because it was like, goodness, like what is going on here? This is supposed to be a good game to watch, you know, and with Michigan, gosh, when Dylan McCaffrey came in, you know, a Colorado kid, Ed McCaffrey, Denver Bronco. I mean, you know, there's so much going on with that family, you know, Christian playing with uh, the Panthers, and I was hoping that you know he'd come to Denver last year uh, in the draft, or you know finding a way to get our hands on Christian McCaffrey. And unfortunately, he goes to Carolina. You know, Dylan McCaffrey comes in. Shea Patterson is injured, and he's getting checked out, and they don't know you know what his status is going to be. Dylan McCaffrey is right there, ready to go on the sideline. Comes in, 
and make some really good plays. And and after watching Dylan McCaffrey come in for the Wolverines, it was kind of like, you know, why don't they just leave him out there? I mean, he looked comfortable. He looked ready to go. He looked fully prepared. You could tell that, you know, he didn't take any reps off during the week of practice uh, leading up to this game because he was a backup that wasn't expecting to play, and he came in and had everything ready to go, dialed in, made some good throws. Obviously, they didn't test him too much or want to risk anything with him too much, but, I mean, he came in and made some plays. You know, he was 4 for 6 for 22 yards. He rushed three times for 10 yards. Uh, I mean, he was picking up first downs. He had the offense looking good in Shea Patterson's absence, and, uh, you know, it was just kind of frustrating to see the Wolverines, you know, offense just completely shut down. I mean, they get that field goal in the second quarter. They had the awesome, awesome punt return. And then in the fourth, they, you know, finally put one into the end zone with their offense. But it was nothing special. It was too little too late. And, you know, Notre Dame looked dang, dang good. I mean, that defense was flying around making plays, frustrating the offense. The offense looked good. You know, Michigan's supposed to have one of the top-tier defenses in the nation, and Notre Dame just completely tore them up in the first half. And, you know, I think Michigan, they made some really good adjustments at halftime and, you know, came out and played very well in the second half. I mean, the defense definitely gave the offense a chance to get themselves back in that game and to win that game even. Uh, you know, but it was just, it was frustrating to watch really. Um, you know, I had to hear from my wife all night long about Notre Dame and how she was right and how they are so much better than Michigan this year. And I still think Michigan could have a good year, but it was not, not, not a good start whatsoever, uh, for my Wolverines. Um, Sunday night, we got to watch LSU and Miami, uh, you know, big matchup here. Top 25 matchup, obviously Miami last year, you know, making a lot of headlines with the turnover chain and the defense and, you know, how, how they, you know, played with Rozier and, you know, everybody on that offense, uh, you know, making some, you know, headways last year in the, in the ACC and, you know, kind of revamping that Miami uh, Hurricanes program. And then LSU, obviously, you know, they have a good program. You know that they're going to be solid every year, you know, playing in the SEC, uh, you know, in the history of LSU, and it was kind of similar. I mean, this game, you know, was a complete, you know, blowout in the first half. LSU came out and just demolished the Miami defense, which is supposed to be like Michigan, top, top tier. Uh, you know, they had a chance at seeing that turnover chain, and then the car call was overturned uh, with the early turnover. But, uh, you know, it was it was one of those things. I mean, going into halftime, it was – 27 to 3 LSU and you were just kind of sitting back like goodness like what is going on here and it was another one that was kind of frustrating to watch and you know the second half kind of slowed down a little bit and Miami was able to put a couple touchdowns in in the fourth quarter but you know same thing it was just too little too late LSU's defense looked tremendous their offense uh you know looked even better especially in the first half uh, you know, Joe Burrow came in and, you know, you could tell he could manage the game well. He did nothing spectacular. He was only 11 of 24 with 140 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, he ran four times for 14 yards, so it was nothing spectacular whatsoever. But they, you know, kept pounding the ball to Brissett, uh, who's looking like he's going to be a marquee back again. Uh, you know, the LSU is known for every year. And, you know, they made plays when they needed to, and that was pretty much what took place. I mean, they made plays when they needed to. Uh, you know, their defense played phenomenal. They got two interceptions. 
you know, and, and you know, Brissett really just kind of took the ball and ran with it. I mean, 22 carries for 125 yards, 5.7 per carry with two touchdowns. I mean, what a breakout, you know, day for him uh, against Miami, who, you know, was supposed to be one of the top tier, you know, defenses in the nation, you know, still probably will end up being a top tier defense, uh, but didn't look very good in the first week. And, uh, you know, I think that you can kind of tell, you know, with the restrictions and certain things that are put on, you know, camp and practice time and time that, you know, coaches are able to have with these players. You know, there was a, there was a few teams this weekend that just didn't look prepared. You know, Michigan came in, they did not look prepared on Saturday. Miami came in, they just did not look prepared. They did not look like they made good adjustments at halftime. They looked like they were just kind of lost out there. Um, and then the other one, I mean, Monday night, Florida State, I mean, goodness, they they come out there and just totally lay an egg against Virginia Tech. And, you know, I know Florida State was very, very excited this year to get uh, Francois back, you know, after the injury last year. And they thought that that would really revamp, you know, their offense and their entire team. And, you know, there was a lot of excitement about them. But, you know, I think that they, you know, maybe underestimated Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech came out there and they played very, very good football. Josh Jackson uh, 16 of 26 for 207 yards and two TDs looked great. Um, you know, they really spread around their rushing attack, uh, with Peoples, Wheatley, McLeese, uh, they all looked very solid. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, that was a game that was, you know, it was entertaining to watch in the first, you know, quarter, first half really, uh, you know, but this was another one. I mean, Virginia Tech just kind of ran away with it early, and never looked back. I mean, Florida State was able to get that field goal in the second. They missed a field goal in the first. And, you know, I mean, 24-3. to So, you know, it was kind of disappointing and anticlimactic for the college football season to start on Labor Day weekend where you have, you know, an extra day. You have three, you know, real primetime games this weekend on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night to start your college football season. And all three of the key uh, you know, top 25 matchups were a complete disappointment. So it was kind of frustrating, but, you know, football season's here. We definitely have something to be thankful about and happy for. But, uh, you know, obviously we would have wished for a little bit better games and matchups, uh, you know, in the opening weekend. And, you know, they talk about, well, you know, they don't want the big programs, you know, playing down to, you know, FCS level or D2, you know, level schools and, you know, the first two weeks just being blowouts and there being no TV ratings available. But, you know, you get these top 25 matchups going on and they end up being butt whoopings. I mean, Alabama just handed it to Louisville. And I know Louisville, you know, loses their, you know, all-time quarterback last year. And, you know, they're definitely a different looking team. But, you know, they try and get these matchups together for the TV ratings and for the kickoff of the football season. And, you know, it obviously didn't pan out the way they were hoping it would. So, you know, kind of frustrating, but football season's here. We definitely have a few things to be happy and, and uh, glad about. But, you know, obviously we want to see some better games, and I definitely want to see Michigan win, uh, you know, with everything going on. So uh, kind of frustrating, but a good good start to the to the college football season, obviously having games on Sunday night and Monday night without any NFL going on was really awesome to kind of start the football season, uh, on a good note. So, uh, you know, good things to come and we'll kind of see how everything plays out. Uh, you know, I think that, 
you know, Virginia Tech looked really, really good. LSU looked really, really good. And Notre Dame looked really, really good. But it's hard to say in that first week, you know, what their competition is going to do for the rest of the year. And, you know, now being a Michigan fan, I got to hope that Notre Dame goes undefeated, which, you know, isn't going to help with, you know, what goes on between my wife and I in our household and, and the crap talking that takes place. So, but I do now have to root for Notre Dame to go undefeated and Michigan to win the Big Ten so that they have a chance at uh, the college football playoffs. So we'll see how that all plays out. Moving on now, well, let's uh, let's get into the BMW Championship, the FedEx Cup race going on. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of exciting. They are out in Philadelphia uh, all weekend long. And, you know, Tiger Woods, he, you know, steps in and, and does some really, really good things yesterday. He shoots eight under. He's in first place and, uh, you know, is looking really solid. And then today, you know, he shoots even. So, you know, he drops back to kind of, you know, tied for 12th. But, um, you know, definitely good to see Tiger Woods kind of back at it and uh and playing some good golf and, and contending here towards the end of end of the season um you know we definitely had some people shoot up uh the leaderboard you know softly uh you know had a six under round today at 13 under for the for the tournament in first place Justin Rose shot seven under today and is at 11 under for the tournament so there's definitely some guys that are trying to make some moves and, you know, only 30 move on to the uh, tour championship in two weeks. So, you know, there's a lot of people in the FedEx cup standings who are needing to, uh, you know, make some big time moves and try and get up into that top 30 because, you know, when you look at that, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, everyone who is outside of the top 30, um, you know, who maybe are, you know, haven't been playing that well or, you know, are, are trying to, you know, kind of get it together at the end of the season here. And it really just hasn't come together. Unfortunately, you know, there's some, there's some big name people who, you know, have won this year who have really contended and played well this year, but you know, it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, they've kind of lost it towards the end of the year here. They're just not playing, you know, very well. And, you know, unfortunately we're not going to be able to see them in two weeks, you know, and when it, when it gets down to, you know, the top 30 here, you really exclude a lot of people, you know, that you're used to seeing, you know, playing on the weekends and, and, uh, you know, fighting for, you know, a chance to win. So right now with the projected standings right now from the BMW championship, um, right on the bubble, Gary Woodland is sitting at 30. Emiliano Grio is at 29. Hideki Matsuyama is at 28. Who's moved up 30 spots. I mean, he's making a move. I mean, you look at Jordan Spieth is in 27th. Ricky Fowler's in 26th. Tiger Woods is in 25th. Rory McIlroy's in 24th. I mean, you got a lot of big-name guys that are sitting there at the border and really have to play some good golf over the next two days to make sure they solidify their spot going into the Tour Championship in two weeks. You look at you know people outside right now. Ches Reeve had a really, really hot July and kind of beginning of August. And, you know, he's sitting at 31, just one out. Brant Snedeker is at 32. Pat Perez, 34. Uh, you got Rafa Cabrera-Bello at 37. Harmon is at 38. Kevin Kisner at 39. 
Uh, Shoffley, who's winning right now, is at 41. I mean, he's winning, and he's not even projected inside the the top 30, which is you know just crazy how the FedEx Cup points work. Um, you know, Ian Poulter is at 45. Adam Hadwin is at 47. Adam Scott at 48. Um, you know, and like I said, the list goes on and on, and it's just kind of crazy. You know, all the people that were fighting to get into the top 70, and now you know, are are really on the outside looking in on that top 30 to make it to the Tour Championship. I mean, Tyrell Hatton, you know, obviously last week we saw, you know, what took place with him and, and you know, kind of the fall in round four and, you know, the frustration and the emotions that he carries with him. Um, you know, he really needed to win that one or really finish uh, strong, and he just wasn't able to, unfortunately. Um, and so he's, you know, kind of far sitting out. I mean, Zach Johnson's 59, Henrik Stenson's at 60, um, Daniel Berger's at 65, and Louis Ustay's in 69. And then right now, 70 is, uh, you know, Ted Potter, um, you know, who just kind of eked into this week. So, you know, a lot of big name guys out there who are, you know, kind of on the cusp of not making it in two weeks, who, you know, are really, really far out of making it um, to the Tour Championship. So it'll be interesting to see how the next two days of golf play. And, uh, you know, if some of these big-name guys in the lower 20s and and even, uh, you know, mid-20s are able to make it, uh, you know, and finish the year strong because it'd be kind of crazy, you know, to see Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, you know, if these guys have a bad day over the next two uh, you know, they could possibly fall out of that top 30 if some other people make some moves. So a lot of work needs to be done by some of these guys um, heading into the Tour Championship. And we'd like to see, I mean, just, you know, looking at this from the grand scheme of things, I'd really like to see them, you know, step it up and start playing really well over the next two days and make it to the Tour Championship because these are guys we're relying on in the Ryder Cup, um, you know, that's coming up here at the end of the month. So, you know, these are some guys that we want, you know, playing good golf. We want them playing their best golf going into the end of September in the Ryder Cup uh, because that's going to be tough enough as it is playing in France and, you know, how our record as Americans are playing on the European soil and those kind of things going on. So uh, really, really need to see what these guys can do over the next two days. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Tiger Woods, uh, you know, Gary Woodland, I'd really like to see these guys step up, make putts, make shots, make the scores that they need to and get themselves to the Tour Championship and start playing their best best golf going into the Ryder Cup because we need them. And this is a Ryder Cup that I think is going to be an absolute blast to watch. Um, but also I think it's one that we need to win. You know, Americans need to, you know, finally win one on a European soil, uh, you know, Ryder Cup match. And we need to kind of bring this thing home and take care of business because we definitely have all the talent in the world to do so. Uh, they just need to kind of put it all together. So that is that for you. Let's get to the NFL, shall we? Okay, so let's move on now. NFL season's here, and I'm so, so, so excited. One, because I think that my Broncos are going to do a heck of a lot better than they did last year. At least they better with the moves that they made with this offense and uh, and defensively. I mean, within the draft, free agents and, and some of the pieces that we've brought in, I think that we have some really, really good mix of young talent and veteran talent still in their prime, still able to produce and do what they need to to bring this thing all together. Last night, though, goodness, Falcons-Eagles. 
I know you've heard this from me already before, um, but what a disappointment that game was. I mean, really, to start the NFL season, I understand there was a weather delay and there was lightning and there was rain and there was all this kind of stuff going on that made you know a 40-minute delay or whatever it ended up being on the start of the game. But what's funny is that before the game starts, during the rain delay, you know, they're they're sitting there at NBC and they're interviewing both head coaches and they talk about the rain delay and how you're going to overcome it and what are you going to do. And they both say, well, you know, we've practiced this before. You know, we did this in camp or we did this in practice or this has happened, you know, to us before. So we're ready. Like we know what we need to do. And both teams just came out and they both just looked like what's going on here? I mean, these are supposed to be two high-powered offenses, obviously two really good defenses. Those parts of the of the team showed up last night. Both defenses really did look great, but it was hard to tell, you know, was it tremendous tremendous defensive play or was it just really poor offensive play going on last night between the Eagles and Falcons? I mean, you look at you know, the game and the way you know, kind of everything played out. I mean, Matt Ryan did not look like himself. You know, obviously Julio had a huge night, 10 catches for 169 yards, but, you know, they they just had a really hard time getting in the end zone. You know, when they went for it on fourth and one, I thought that was a great call. I thought it was a bad play call, but I thought it was the right call to go for it on fourth and one there. You know, beginning of the game, you're, you know, in someone else's stadium. You know, it's a Super Bowl champs. They just unveiled the banner. They did all this. You know, let's go for it on fourth and goal. Let's try and punch this thing in. Weren't able to do so. Uh, you know, I thought that their play calling at times when they got into the red zone was a little iffy. You know, we had another moment last night, you know, at the end of the game where Julio Jones could make a play and he doesn't. And it's like, you know, the pass wasn't the best. You know, I can't put it all on Julio. Matt Jones or Matt Ryan, I'm sorry. Um, you know, didn't give him the best ball. You know, it was really high. It was a jump ball that you wanted, but you almost brought, you know, Julio out of the end zone, you know, with that pass. And obviously the defender did a great job, you know, pushing him out and making sure it was taken care of. Um, you know, it was just one of those games. I mean, I've ended up falling asleep. I'm not not even going to lie to you. I had to watch the rest of it on SportsCenter this morning because I was like, this is not a game that's worth, you know, staying up this late with the delay and everything else that was going on. I mean, it was just, you know, in the first half, it was like field goal, field goal, field goal. This, you know, opportunity missed, this opportunity missed. You know, they were moving it up and down the field, but no one could capitalize. And, you know, it was just one of those games that was very – you know, like I said before, it was very anticlimactic to start the season this way, you know, with two high-powered teams, you know, the these two teams have represented the NFC in the last two Super Bowls, um, you know, so obviously on paper, it looked like the best matchup to start your season, um, you know, and unveil the banner and do everything that you had to do there in Philly, and it was definitely electric at the start of the game, uh, even with the rain delay, those fans came out in full force and were ready to see banner, uh, you know, get get let loose in the stadium was just awesome and the reaction and they had Brian Dawkins there to kind of you know MC the entire thing to take place and so it was very very cool you know to watch them you know go through that moment uh but unfortunately that was you know the best part of the entire night was was watching the Philadelphia fans go crazy 
uh, seeing that banner and seeing their team come out and everything that they had to enjoy. Uh, but the game, unfortunately, just kind of fell short. And so, you know, I hope that we have some better games this weekend uh, to start the NFL season. And I hope that the Monday night doubleheader is definitely better than the Thursday night game was last night. Uh, I did take Atlanta in this one. I always I always seem to lean towards the team uh, playing that very first game against the Super Bowl champs. Uh, from the year prior because you know I just think that there's so much emotion going on there's so many distractions there's so many things taking place on that opening night for a defending Super Bowl champion team that it's kind of hard to you know come out stay focused and realize that you're there to start a new season you know you can't be reminiscent on what happened last year and everything that you were able to accomplish which is great Uh, but you know this is a new season this is a new team this is a new day and I, I feel like there always is a little bit of a struggle. And obviously, we saw that last night with the Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't look super sharp. Defense looked good. You know, they were able to definitely step up in the red zone. You know, Nick Foles, you know, came out there, was 19 of 34 for 117 yards in interception. Nothing spectacular from a Super Bowl MVP and a guy that I, uh, I definitely think very highly of. Um, you know, Nelson Aguilar did throw his one little pass to Nick Foles for uh, 15 yards with the, uh, you know, Philly special as it's, you know, come to be known for now. But, um, you know, one of those things, I mean, no one really had spectacular nights. Uh, you know, on the Eagles, it was just kind of a good team effort. They put their heads down. They continued to grind through, you know, everything that had taken place. Defense did a great job stopping the Falcons when they needed to. And, and in all honesty, I mean, the Eagles just kind of capitalized better, uh, you know, on the opportunities that they had than Atlanta did. And that was kind of the difference in the game there. Um, you know, Jay Ajayi got his two touchdowns, but he only rushed for 15 times for 62 yards. I mean, you know, they, they threw the ball a lot. There was a lot of incompletions. There was nothing, you know, spectacular from any one person on that team, you know, really besides Ajayi with his two touchdown runs. But, um, you know, it's not like he had a, you know, amazing, tremendous night either. So, um, you know, kind of an interesting game to start, uh, you know, a little bit frustrating to watch at times and a little bit hard to start the season off with so much anticipation and, you know, so much excitement, except for, especially for me. I mean, my wife, you know, came home from work yesterday and I was just totally excited. I already had a beer in my hand and, uh, you know, I was like, hey, football starts tonight. You know, the real NFL kicks off tonight and I was so excited and we set up uh, the TV in the garage with a couch and I was hanging out with the beautiful Denver weather last night in my garage watching the opening game and and almost fell asleep on the couch it became so boring in that second half so uh, a little bit unfortunate that that had to take place Um, but definitely like I said I think we have some good good matchups this weekend that'll be fun to watch Uh, you know 49ers and Vikings I think will be a good uh, matchup this week on Sunday I think the Texans and Patriots is going to be a lot better than some people think um Chiefs and Chargers, you know, especially for us here in the AFC West, I think is going to be a great matchup and a fun one to watch. Cowboys and Panthers, we'll get to see two really young, dynamic, talented quarterbacks go at each other in that one. Uh, Obviously, the Seahawks and Broncos on top of my radar 
to see how Russell Wilson and you know his newly vamped team uh, comes into Denver and plays Case Keenum and our newly vamped team. So um, definitely excited to see how that one plays out here in Denver on Sunday afternoon. We have Bears-Packers, one of the oldest rivalries uh, in the game, playing our Sunday night um, primetime game. So that'll be exciting to see, especially Khalil Mack. You know what's you know his time going to look like in the game. You know how many. You know, snaps is he going to get? Is he going to make a you know huge impact in the first day? Which you know I think he has an opportunity to. And then obviously the Monday night doubleheader. You know we got Sam Darnold and the Jets uh, against the you know newly formed Lions with new head coach and uh, you know the Rams and Raiders on on the finale of the Monday night doubleheader. I think is going to be really 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 exciting uh, to watch and see how these Rams look. Obviously the Raiders with the departure of Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, the addition of John Gruden, they still have Derek Carr. What's that offense going to look like with all their new additions? What's the defense going to look like without Khalil Mack? Uh, so definitely some fun things to watch in this opening weekend. Um, I promised all of you my upset pick of the week, and, you know, it may come. And I, I don't want people to think like, oh, well, you're just saying that because, you know, of hard knocks or because of this or that and the other. Honestly, my my upset pick of the week is the Browns over the Steelers. I think, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell saga going on there. Is he going to report by Saturday night? What's going to happen with them? You know, what's the status of Big Ben and that offense? Are they still going to be able to produce high numbers? What's their defense going to look like this year? Um, I, I think the Browns, you know, are an exciting team to watch this year. I think that they're definitely going to make some noise in the NFL. I do not see them. Uh, you know, winning one game or winning two games or winning zero games. I think that they're going to put together a season, uh, you know, with the talented roster that they've been able to kind of build. And I think that they'll be able to be successful no matter who's a quarterback, honestly. I think Tyrod Taylor, you know, is a good quarterback. He's a solid guy, you know, led the Bills to the playoffs last year. Um, And I think that Baker Mayfield, you know, obviously he's their number one pick. So they're going to try and find ways to get him in the game and get him as their starter towards the end of the season. But I think that both of them looked very solid in the preseason. I think that they're both very good quarterbacks. I think that they both have the intangibles that it takes to lead, uh, you know, this young struggling franchise um, and try and get them over the hump this year. Um, obviously Jarvis Landry addition on the offensive end is going to be very vital, I think, to them and their success with those two quarterbacks. But that is my upset of the week. I think the Browns at home starting the season against the Steelers. Nobody really knows what's going on with the Steelers this year. If Le'Veon Bell is even going to be in uniform, what he's going to look like. If he's going to report to get that paycheck, what the defense is going to look like. Um, I think that the Browns at home this week is my upset of the week. I think that they could definitely take it to the Steelers, make a statement, win the first game, be 1-0 after an 0-16 season, and get this thing back on track. They do play the Saints next week, so they're probably going to be 1-1 one one if they do pull it out this weekend. But, you know, let's see what happens. It is the NFL. It's any given Sunday. Let's have some fun with it. So the Browns is my upset pick of the week. Lock it in. Um, my guaranteed pick of the week this week, um, I took the Saints over the Buccaneers. You know, I was high on the Buccaneers last year. I thought that they had some good talent going into, you know, their second, third, fourth year in the NFL. Um, And I thought that the Buccaneers were really going to make a stand. That defense was looking pretty good in the preseason and through camp and everything else. And they kind of fell flat on their face last year. So until they prove to me something different this year, 
which they may improve upon a few things. Uh, I think in that division, they're going to be bottom tier again. And I think the Saints, you know, really put together something special last year. That offense is clicking. And I think, uh, you know, that's my absolute lock. If I was going to pick one team um, that I think is guaranteed to win this week, it would be the Saints against the Buccaneers on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So those those are my two big picks. That's my that's my upset of the week and my lock of the week. So let's uh let's see what happens. I'm excited for Sunday. I hope everyone else is as well. Um make sure to check me out on Twitter at no need to a no need number two a um, on Twitter. I got a few polls up that I'm going to be doing every week. I'm going to be, uh, you know, definitely talking more football than anything over the next couple months, but we have a lot of fun things going on. Obviously the Ryder cup coming up and the MLB playoffs. Oh, I I've had a lot of episodes on them. So I wanted to kind of stay clear of baseball this episode, but very excited about my Rockies tonight. We start a three game series against the Dodgers here at home. We got John Gray, going up against Clayton Kershaw uh, this evening to start the series after our sweep of the San Francisco Giants. So uh, very excited to see how the Rockies finish. They're one and a half games up right now in the NL West, and they're going to need to win the NL West to get into the playoffs. So I'm going all in with the Rockies. I think that they have what it takes, and uh, I'm very excited to see how the next couple weeks go for them uh, you know, leading up to the end of the season and all of our divisional games over the next three weeks that they have to play. So very very, very excited to see about that. So um, that'll do it for me today, guys. A, a nice short episode. Wanted to get through some of these key points. I appreciate everyone listening in. And uh, definitely send me any feedback or anything that you have going on, things that you want me to talk about on the show. I'll definitely, definitely do that if you hit me up on Twitter at no need to a um, and uh, we'll definitely get this thing going. So excited. NFL season's here. We got some good matchups tomorrow for college football. So if you're not doing anything, sit down on the couch, turn on the TV, watch some football, watch some golf, and uh, let's see uh, what comes on Monday and Tuesday after everything's wrapped up. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. Take care. This is Kobe Wittick with No Need to Argue.